Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Elland. Today we're talking to a young man who suffers from Crohn's disease, but complicating his issue is that at one point he developed stomach polyps that can cause pain, bleeding, nausea, or vomiting. The polyps may also develop ulcers on their surfaces or block the opening between the stomach and the small duodenum. And joining us from Colorado to tell his story is Aaron Duford. Aaron, thanks for doing this. We greatly appreciate it. Oh, not any time, guys. How are you doing today? Great. Take us back to your early teenage years when you were first noticed that you had stomach problems. So it originally came about when uh, I eat slightly unhealthier foods, things like ramen noodle and whatnot. And then I noticed it uh, a couple weeks after that. Um, I had stopped eating things like ramen and I quit eating fast food and all that kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, other uh, high starch foods like potatoes and rice and stuff like that, that would start hitting me really bad as well. And uh, so I basically ended up just going on to a pretty much just chicken diet. And I was drinking chicken broth and just eating plain chicken breasts for, I'd probably say, probably about a year. And after that, um, it started getting to the point where I was starting to do a little bit better. And that was about after the time where medical first started coming, you know, a little bit more onto the scene in Colorado, I guess you could say. And, uh, I mean, at the time, everybody was smoking what we all used to call swag and, you know, the brick weed, if you might. You know, it, it doesn't really have much of a medicinal benefit when it's processed and pressed and sent across borders and whatnot. So, you know, no one really thought about anything of like that nature trying to help me and stuff like that. And So once the medical scene first started coming real big, uh, I was probably about 17 at the time. And, you know, granted, there were still some gray areas for uh, teenagers and whatnot and things like that, but... Um, luckily I had some, uh, pretty open-minded parents and some, uh, friends of theirs who were a little bit big into, um, growing and whatnot. And, uh, they had a little bit of a nursery with some, some fairly large greenhouses that, uh, they were basically, you know, doing the whole Phoenix tears thing back in the day. And, uh, um, they ended up getting me onto a little bit higher grade quality. Um, I, you couldn't really call it medical at the time because basically they were focusing on, high quality CBD. So they were basically just growing large quality for medicinal purposes and not for, you know, people who want to get stoned. And, uh, was that so, hemp? Sorry to interrupt Aaron. Was that hemp they were growing or was it actually cannabis? It was actually cannabis. Okay. It was just, um, not necessarily, you know, the hydroponic grade that everybody raves about these days. It was just large greenhouses and, you know, ditch, ditch water tended plants. And uh, it started to help me out for a while there with um, smoking it and whatnot, but it got to the point where I ended up um, getting extremely sick. And at the time, I was working for Walmart, and you know, I'm, I'm glad that Walmart of all places has finally decided that not everybody who smokes pot is a bad person. So um, as of recently, Walmart actually stopped drug testing for uh, marijuana here in Colorado. I'm not sure about nationwide, but... I'm really glad they did because uh, it certainly helped me out a lot because when I ended up going to the doctors, uh, 
I ended up getting pretty, pretty sick. It got to the point where I was unable to eat or drink anything. And uh, my ex-wife and I were going through probably a gallon and a half of water every five or six hours just trying to get me to hold it down. And within a matter of minutes of drinking it, I just ended up puking it back up. When it got that bad is when we decided to finally go seek professional help, if you might, in the traditional Western medicine sense. They didn't really much care for the whole cannabis thing here in the hospitals here. Uh, recently, Memorial Healthcare Systems was purchased by Colorado College, and their quality of healthcare has, has gone quite far downhill. And so uh, by the time I had gotten that sick, um, I had already gotten my medical marijuana license and whatnot, and I would gotten hooked up with a dispensary here in Colorado Springs that... Uh, was actually probably one of the most knowledgeable dispensaries I'd ever been in when it came to people who don't just want to get stoned. And so they got me hooked up onto uh, uh, a couple of different strains that uh, my uncle at the time, who was a, a grower, had uh, managed to get some seeds out of uh, a company here in Colorado called Rare Dankness. And these seeds were um, high CBD seeds that he ended up breeding with uh, a strain of his own that, you know, he, he called it juicy fruit and whatnot. But anyway, um, he ended up breeding those for me, and uh, that's what I've been growing ever since. And consuming the oils on a, uh edible level, um, for me personally, it has helped me tremendously. Um, after I got real sick and was diagnosed with the stomach polyps and figured out why I was getting so ill all the time and how they had blocked up the lower half of my stomach and whatnot, I ended up going to... Uh, a few different specialists, and you know the specialists were confused as to why Memorial Health Systems would refuse to run uh, an EGD and a colonoscopy at me on me in the hospital, even though at one point I was admitted for almost a week. And uh, once they finally figured out what was wrong, um, and I'd already gotten to the point where I was consuming probably five to six grams of oil every two days. Now, mind you. It's not super, super strong because I, I did work in the Walmart deli at the time, and I do prefer to keep my fingers. Right. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it, it, you know, it, it could have worked a little faster, but over the course of, I'd say, probably about three months, by the time I got back in after my uh, um, EGD and colonoscopy had been ran, I went in to go schedule a surgery to start having uh, some stomach polyps removed. And I'm just glad that they all came back benign. Um, that was one thing that I was really grateful about. I know there are a lot of people out there who, you know, they don't get seen soon enough and, and stuff up, stuff like that ends up pretty bad after a while. And, uh, Aaron, how bad so, were, how bad were these, these stomach polyps for you in terms of your health? Uh, so in terms of the health, the stomach polyps is the reason why I ended up getting really sick. Uh, over the course of probably, it was about eight weeks I was off work. So in that, about that eight weeks, I had lost almost 70 pounds. Um, I was a fairly large individual at the time. I weighed close to about 300 pounds. I ended up losing so much weight so fast that pretty much uh, I was too weak to walk. I'd go up five steps to go from the basement to the main level of the house, and I'd end up having to sit down just because I, I couldn't carry myself. I'd gotten so weak from losing all that weight. And, uh, you know, as as for pretty much anything else, it was just uh, mainly nausea, vomiting. I didn't have too bad of uh, other side effects along with it. I didn't have a lot of the 
internal bleeding issues where, you know, a lot of people would puke up a lot of blood and stuff like that. And thankfully, I, my uh, uh, lower intestine and my colon didn't have any polyps in them. So I did have that going for me. Now, how did you uh, get rid of the polyps? So I'm almost positive I still have a couple left in there. It's been probably a year and a half since I've been back to the doctor. But the only thing that uh, they could think of is the consuming of the cannabis oil. Because when I went back in for my um, follow-up to schedule the surgery, they did another EGD on me. Said uh, originally that I had uh, over three dozen polyps. He said that he quit doing biopsies after 23 and he quit counting after 30. When I went back in, he said that from what he could see, I had less than a dozen left, and the ones that had disappeared didn't leave any kind of a scar tissue or anything like that in my stomach, and it seemed to have uh, formed a new uh, mucose lining and healed itself up pretty well. Now, when you had these polyps, were they preventing you from, uh, because of the, the massive weight loss you had, 70 pounds over six to eight weeks, which is just incredible, were they preventing you from digesting your food, or were you eating at all during that period? So for the first week or two, I had tried to eat, but um, because of the fact that my the lower half of my stomach was being blocked off, I didn't even really get a chance to digest it. Uh, you know, like I was saying, I, I would take a drink of water, and not even three minutes after I drank it, it would just come right back up. And so after about a week and a half, I'd say it was probably nine days after I gave up trying to eat, it got to the point where I was trying to just consume vitamin water and insurers and thing, even Pedialyte and stuff like that, trying to be able to get some sort of nutrients into me. And just try and stay hydrated. And uh, it, it was just impossible. Food came back up the same way it went down. There was no digestion process going on at all. It, it almost got to the point where some of the stomach polyps were almost, you know, they, they didn't specifically say this, but to me it almost felt like they were starting to block off some of the uh, um, acid heads because it got to the point where I wasn't even puking up stomach acid anymore. Well, did you think that uh, because of this issue that it was your Crohn's as opposed to the polyps? So they said that uh, the polyps were probably caused by untreated Crohn's disease for a number of years. Ah, uh, I see. Okay. So your Crohn's created the polyps, which created... That was their theory about it. Yeah. And so you started taking the cannabis oil. How soon after taking, uh, I assume you took oil, or am, am I mistaken on that? I, I had started smoking at first, and then I started eating oil after that. Okay, and you started taking the, taking the oil. How soon did you start to feel some relief where you could actually drink water? Um, the original how, way I started doing the oil was um, I don't particularly care for the taste very much so i was making a very basic uh, hard candy recipe um and so you know it was just corn syrup and sugar and i would mix in my decarbed uh oils and i would just suck on a piece of candy and, and let some of the saliva digested liquid flow down my throat and whatnot and i would say probably four days after that is when i was started able to actually process water and everything again i was having proper urinations and i didn't have to go have iv bags hooked up to me every couple of hours to actually stay hydrated and whatnot and after probably a week of that is when i had a friend of mine bring me over uh empty gel capsules and so then i just started filling the gel capsules with uh a syringe and i would just eat the gel capsule and so i was pretty much eating plain oil at that point 
And after that, I would say five days, maybe it was six days after that, I was able to go back to work. Boy. Do you remember the first thing you ate? Uh, ironically enough, the first thing I ate was Domino's pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, There's a plug uh, for Domino's. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> after, uh, I would say probably 11 days, um, it was when I started eating solid food again. Uh, my ex-wife, uh, she was trying to get me to start with, you know, things like Powerade, and I went back to the Pedialytes and the insurers, and just, you know, I was trying to stay on a, on a liquid nutrient diet just to make sure that I wouldn't have any issues, because it got to the point where, I don't know, I, the peak on my face from the puking was so bad that I ended up blowing a blood vessel in my eye and had a red eye for like three weeks, and we just wanted to try and avoid me having to puke at all. You know, Aaron, listening to your story, I'm wondering if the fact that you lost all this weight and you couldn't keep anything down, your elimination system must have shut down on you. Yeah, I would probably agree with that. Um, with the uh, amount of weakness and, and everything I was feeling, I, I would probably definitely agree with that. So you lose 70 pounds. What's going through your mind with all this massive weight loss? Boy, there could have been a much healthier way to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, luckily, though, uh, you know, it, it wasn't all um, due to, like, uh, normal people weight loss with their burning fat and whatnot. I lost a whole lot of muscle mass and everything from, from basically being lethargic for, for weeks on end and not being able to get up off the couch and stuff. And after I was able to get back to work, they took me off of uh, uh, restricted work probably two weeks after I went back to work. And... About a month after I went back to work, I already was able to put back on, I'd say, probably 10, 15 pounds of fat and probably another three to eight pounds of muscle. And um, now, a year and a half later, uh, I'm at a much healthier body size. I'm, I'm not a roly-poly, as my mom used to call me. And, uh, <laughs> roly-poly. How tall are you? Uh, I am six foot. So when you started taking the, the, the cannabis and you the polyps were eliminated, were the doctors somewhat taken aback at the fact that the polyps were gone? So I ended up going back to Memorial Hospital, um, and they were not happy with me. Uh, when they were doing the original blood tests, they had accused me of being a drug addict multiple times. Um, I have an extremely low tolerance when it comes to narcotics and stuff like that. And so they were barely even dosing me in the hospitals, just trying to keep my pain level down, keep my nausea down, and try and keep me sedated. And uh, so after a couple of visits to the ER, um, my THC levels had started to slowly increase because I was increasing my, my smoking hand, you know, trying to keep the nausea down. And it got to the point where because at the time I wasn't really smoking flour. I, w I was basically a dabber. And uh, I was smoking so much hash oil at the time that the doctor came in and he looked at me and he said, I don't really have a way to put this other than you're almost testing off of our testable charts. And it's getting to the point where I can't figure out what's going on with you. And I understand you lost all this weight. I understand you're puking all the time, but we're thinking that you're just here for painkillers. And so when I had gone back to Memorial after uh, I had gotten the secondary results from my gastroenterologist, um, I would just kind of went down there to go talk to him. I didn't really have a doctor's appointment. I just wanted to, you know, go down there and let them know because they put it in my medical record that I was a, a combative patient who was there for painkillers, basically. 
because we have a really bad problem here in Colorado with um, you know people faking injuries and whatnot just to try and sell painkillers here. It's it's turned into an epidemic down here. And uh, so you know I'd gone back in to talk to him and, and try to see if I could have some of that removed off my permanent medical record and stuff just to you know make me not look like that type of person. And I got to talking with him, and there was only one pro doctor, uh, pro marijuana doctor that I had talked to at that hospital. And when I told him that uh, my gastroenterologist had attributed the um, decrease in polyps, I, I can't necessarily say they were cured. Because like I said, it's been a while since I've been in, and there were still a couple there when I was last in. But he said that uh, the massive reduction in the polyps, the only thing he could think of, because I wasn't on any kind of medications at the time, because you know, Walmart might be a nice company to work for, but they don't really pay for much, and Humeris is really expensive. So... Um, I told them, you know, their theory on uh, what happened, and they basically told me that they would prefer if I didn't come to their hospital anymore. Wow. Yeah, Ian and I just both kind of looked, like, looked at each other. <laughs> Whoa. <Yeah. laughs> don't, quite, uh, don't quite get that. So how is your Crohn's today? As of now, I feel better than I have in probably 10 years. Fantastic. So do you have issues like um, a number of people who have Crohn's or irritable bowel issues that they, when they go out, they have to know where the bathrooms are in case uh, they have to rush to the, the bathroom? The one symptom that I do experience all the time is, is usually the rushing of the restroom. And, and so I don't – it's probably not something I should be doing, but I usually only eat once a day. Um, I try to avoid digestion wherever possible. So I really only eat before I go to bed at night. Luckily, you know, I, I work um, night shifts. I work, you know, 2 p.m. to 11 p.m. So I, I have the opportunity to be able to come home on my lunch break and not have to worry about using public restrooms because the whole adage, does a bear crap in the woods? Mm. Well, bears also scream in the woods sometimes, too. So, <laughs> yeah. What are some of the triggers for you, Aaron, for your Crohn's? Uh, the high starch foods is definitely still one. Um, red meat is another bad one. I definitely can't eat mashed potatoes and, and, say, a steak on the same night. I don't really eat much fast food anymore. Uh, about the only honest, Honestly, the only fast food that's ever really not bothered me was uh, Taco Bell. And, you know, whatever people want to say about them using fake meat and whatever like that, it, it seems to be the only meat out of every fast food restaurant that's ever not messed with me. At home, I eat. Only extremely lean beef. I don't buy anything less than 93.7. I don't buy steak with marbling in it, even though everybody likes the extra fat. I, I trim every little bit of fat off my meats because fat is probably one of the biggest issues for me. I can't can't eat bone-in chicken because I have a really hard time digesting um, uh, tendons and ligaments and whatnot. And have you ever thought of being a vegetarian? What would that be like for you? Um, hell on earth is about all I can explain for that. <laughs> right then, so that's pretty clear. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, um, I am definitely. Uh, if if any kind of a diet would ever really affect my life, I would probably just say more of a paleo diet right. and just try and avoid processed foods and stuff like that. I don't. I try not to drink soda anymore. I mean, everybody has the occasional drink when they go out and stuff like that, but. I don't really drink alcohol any longer. I don't drink soda. I do not drink energy drinks anymore at all because at the time when I had really gotten sick, it was getting to the point where I was drinking three to five energy drinks a day, consuming four to five times the recommended amount of caffeine, and looking into it, 
the massive amounts of niacin that is in energy drinks is also not good for people with uh, stomach issues as well. Do you drink coffee at all, Aaron? Um, the only kind of coffee I've ever consumed was like frozen yogurt. I'm not a big coffee person. Okay. Yeah, when you mentioned vegetarian, I was a vegetarian for four years, and uh, I lived in Vancouver, and I stopped being a vegetarian because uh, I lived in a very populous area, uh, it's called English Bay, and one of the things that really, really got me off of being a vegetarian was in the summer, people would barbecue, and I just loved the smell of barbecued meat, (laughs) and I thought, what the hell am I doing this for? And I stopped being a vegetarian, and I felt a lot better. I mean, some people, they thrive on being a vegetarian, and that's great. But uh, as we talked to a number of people about cannabis, cannabis is different for everybody. Vegetarianism is different for everyone. The paleo diet is different for everyone. So you have to find out what's right for you. And obviously, you're in the process of finding out what's right for you, so it doesn't activate your Crohn's. that a fair statement? Exactly. And I mean, you know, like you said, I'm still young. I'm only 24 years old. I still have plenty of time to figure out what's going to affect me more than others. And, you know, recently I just ended up going through a pretty bad divorce with my ex-wife. And the stress from all of that definitely added to a lot of the issues I had. And um, Stress for me is probably the second biggest factor other than, you know, the different food groups that affect me. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I think it's a, a testament to how you're doing uh, just the fact that after you hang out from us, you're going camping. I think that's pretty darn good to be able to do that. Yeah, honestly, though, it's it's one of those things that I, um, I'll make sure I definitely uh, go to the bathroom before I leave, and I'll probably not eat all day Friday and eat just before I come home Saturday. So it's one of those things that I kind of have to sacrifice a little to do something like that, but so, Aaron, why do you go through these lengthy periods of, of not eating? Well, what a lot of people don't really care to talk about is a lot of the side effects of Crohn's. And, and for me, the best way I can describe it is imagine your entire intestines just cramping all at once mm-hmm. and feeling like you have to poop but yeah. can't. And it's like the, basically the worst cramped, constipated diarrhea. And even when it's you know, a, a solid bowel movement. Even then, it, it's not very much fun at all. So, and for me personally, another one of the big side effects is is uh, the massive amount of um, byproduct gas. I guess you could say. Yeah. It's not necessarily like um, I fart a lot or anything like that, but I do end up burping an extreme amount. Even like even, even taking a, a drink of water, it's like my stomach will flex on itself and and jostle the water around to the point where I'm I'm just burping constantly. Now, you said you feel better than you have in about 10 years. Um, Are you continuing to get better, or have you plateaued? I'd say recently I've plateaued. Um, It was probably, it's it's been about almost a year since uh, um, my ex-wife and I had really gone through a lot of our issues, and I recently uh, ended up moving back in with my parents, and my mom ended up passing in in the middle of January, and so that was pretty hard on all of us, and and I would say the stress and depression from that probably set me back a little bit more than I would have liked it to, but it's getting to the point where um, I'm actually starting to feel an incline again. No, that's that's good. Stress is is really a key to... uh avoiding in terms of improving one's health, whether you have Crohn's or any other issue. I mean, stress is really a killer that people don't realize. And uh, it's, I mean, 
you've i think you at a young age of 24 realized that stress is a trigger for you you know foods that are a trigger for you and what you're trying to do is find your path in life as you maneuver around some of these issues which i i think is great now when you go on your camping trip on the weekend are you going to take some uh, marijuana with you oh yeah of course um I mean, was, uh, I, I sometimes have to ask these dumb questions. <laughs> oh, no, you're all right. Um, I, I try to make sure that I'm not in any legal gray areas and things like that. You know, with it being a recreational and medical state here in Colorado, there are still some laws that you have to follow. Like if you go to a national forest, you can't have that with you because it's federally owned land and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, luckily, you know, we're going to a, um, a patented mining claim, which means that, he, you know, he not only owns the mineral rights, but he owns the land itself. So we're basically on his property. And uh, I, I was also a cigarette smoker for a number of years. And recently, um, I had a friend of mine turn me on to vaping. So I have been, uh, I slowly worked my way down to 0% nicotine. But I liked the vaping so much because it was, you know, a lot of people, there's a public stigma on, on uh even using like cannabis e pens in public, when you you know you make these um, uh, vegetable glycerin infused vape juices, you know you know people don't really know what you're doing, and it gives it that much more of a privacy kind of type thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that vaping helps you quite a bit? Oh yeah, um, me personally, I never really liked uh, smoking cannabis too often. Um, I, the way I've always kind of described it is I'm one of those people who prefers my pot to be like a skunk's butt, not pine saw pot there, you know, with all the different terpenes and everything, there's always different flavor profiles, but when it comes to vaping, I pretty much get the same flavor out of it every time. And it's just easier on my lungs and everything. And, you know, living at such a high altitude and going out and doing things like mining and whatnot, just any little bit of extra boost that I can get from not having to worry about smoking and whatnot. You know, Aaron, we've talked to people who have had Crohn's, uh, very serious Crohn's issues, and some people have spent, uh, you know, the, I would say the uh, major, good portion of their, their life lives. in a hospital. Yeah. And one of the things is they've taken the concentrated uh, Rick Simpson oil, and uh, as a result of that, have, I don't want to say cured their Crohn's, but... Uh, put it into remission. Put it into remission, I guess is the more correct term have you ever thought of doing that luckily mine wasn't as as serious as a lot of people have i mean um you know things like uh, having to go on a colostomy bag have never been anything that uh, has even been mentioned with uh mine i mean mine's mine's pretty mild and luckily uh um i guess you could probably say that i'm in remission with how much i've uh healed over the last few years um but you know like i've said it's been probably the better part of two years since i've actually gone in and seen uh, a specialist about any of this. I mean, I've I've done so much better that hospitals are basically a thing of the past for me. Well, you seem to be coping pretty well, and you know, kind of figured out what works for you and what doesn't, or at least are on the path to doing that. Yeah, and it's you know the little bit of things every day. And uh, my personal creed is that if you don't learn at least one new thing every uh, every day, it's a failed day. And if I can just learn one little thing about what's going to keep me from from wanting to. Uh, not be here any longer dealing with it, then I'm definitely down for that. Aaron, are you using um, the cannabis that you use? Is it a high CBD or high THC? Are you doing a blend or how does that work uh, for you? 
So as of right now, um, I'm in the process of uh, buying a house. So I don't really have much of a personal grow going on right now. But the strain that was uh, developed for me, that was that was kind of why I was asking if you guys wanted me to include any of my uh, test results in that. Um, so a friend of mine in, in Colorado Springs, he's a dispensary owner. And at the time, um, before the uh, major, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, rules, I guess you could say, and everything had been put on to the dispensaries and, and whatnot. The regulations. Um, the dispens- yeah, there you go, the regulations. Um, you were actually allowed to sell your products to the dispensaries for them to sell in their stores. And so um, he actually got some of uh, the strain that I was telling you that my dad's friend had uh, bred for me. Mm-hmm. Um, he got it tested, and it was testing at uh, 21% THC, and uh, I think it was four or five t- uh, percent THCA, and I don't remember the specific CBD contents, but the majority of them were all testing above four and five percent. The oils I never had tested, but the oils were amazing. They they weren't exactly a really really stony oil because uh, at the time um, I was just doing you know your basic ISO wash. They, they, it was amazing. It, it helped me so much in terms of being able to eat food again. And, you know, I mean, everybody likes to catch a buzz once in a while. But, you know, when you're taking large, large doses like that, you don't want to be in a cannabis coma all day long. No. Aaron, it was a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, good luck in the, in the future on your road to uh, recovery and road to good health, I guess. And uh, it was, uh, was a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for your time. I appreciate it, guys. It's always nice to share my story with someone who's willing to listen. Aaron, thanks so much. That's, uh, it's really great that you were willing to do this. And Aaron told us his story, and if you'd like to tell your story about the medical use of cannabis, then send us an email at info at CannabisHealthRadio.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio Podcast. Visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to PodConnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Infused, a cannabis talk show, is a -a one-of-a-kind look inside the cannabis industry. Meet the amazing people who make cannabis businesses bloom as they join host Nick with Francesca and Mike for creative cannabis conversations. Get an honest look at the business of cannabis, including trends, best and worst practices, products, education, and advocacy. Whether you're kind of curious or running a cannabis, Infused has kind of conversations that count. Infused is available on YouTube and is now streaming as part of the PodConnects network. Network.